going, everybody? I'm Luke with Joe, as always, for the Cautiously Optimistic Podcast. Have a good pace going here, right? Coming at you every week around Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, this is probably the most consistent we've been in a couple years, ever since we were in school, at least. Yeah, I I like it, though, Um, because we're we're sandwiched in between um, some games to talk about here. We have... uh, Sabres beating Detroit and Pittsburgh and some big ones coming up as well. Uh, I lost the schedule here. We have the Hurricanes tomorrow in Carolina at 7 and then traveling a little further south uh, to Tampa. Not playing Florida, though. I know they usually do the uh, uh, Tampa-Florida back-to-back or uh, at least stay in the state of Florida. Not doing that this time around. Hurricanes Lightning coming up, both away games, and uh, some couple other big ones. I'm sure we'll we'll touch on um, later on in the show. Yeah, well, if we're going back to last week, backtrack a little bit. That horrendous game versus Seattle, which yes, and then after that they face Montreal. Pretty good game overall. Like they definitely deserve to win, but Sam Montembeau was just lights out had the whole game. So he stole that win for them. I thought the Sabres definitely deserved to win that game. But then the Chicago game a couple days later, Arvid Soderblom, another stellar performance by him. Uh I thought we they were gonna lose that one too. To come I believe it was a come from behind victory so it was yes it was a while ago at this point but uh they a win's a win so i thought they definitely deserved to win that one uh but geez you if hypothetically they drop three straight losses to seattle montreal chicago that's just a gut punch but you know this week very strong showing so far detroit i was there it was a beautiful game it was fantastic uh my friend, uh, he just got a new job, so where he's working, they have a suite, and everyone in his program, because they're new, was able to use the suite, and they in- were able to invite someone. So I had the pleasure of being center ice in the suite level for very nice Paige Thompson show. You were at the Montreal game. Do you have any yes. quick thoughts on that? I was sitting right behind the glass where the Sabres shoot twice, so I got a good look at how dominant Sam Montembeau was. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah, like you said, he stood on his head. Um, Sabres, I, it was a really back-and-forth uh, seesaw kind of game. Um, anyone could have won it, honestly. Uh, I, do, I, I kind of feel like Montreal played a little better. Um, but, uh, no, it was fun time. Uh, nonetheless, a lot of Montreal fans. That was my first time, and I was at a game against Montreal last year, and I don't remember there being that many Canadians fans in the crowd, but there were there were tons uh, all around us too. Um, so it was fun. Uh, the Chicago game, we we the Sabers really outplayed the Blackhawks. It was it it kind of felt like the old uh, EA NHL ice tilt yeah. in a way. That th- this was the ice kill game. Uh, just some bad bounces going against us, leading to the Chicago goals. Uh, they corrected it though. Sabres corrected it and won. Uh, I thought they deserved to to win that game. It, the I saw sure. scoring chances. 
um, during one of the intermissions and the shots and the Sabres were killing them. Yeah, definitely. Very strong performance, especially in the Chicago game. Uh, glad they got the two points. And what are they, seven and three now? Like That's that's pretty impressive. Yes. Um, great start. Uh those Edmonton and Calgary wins, those are just huge. If they're still in this by like February, March, we're going to look back and say, oh, those, that West Coast road trip is really where they stayed alive, I guess you could say. But aren't they third in the NHL right now? I'll pull up the standings right now, but uh, yeah, me... they're only a month in. It's November 3rd, but come on. Like, you can't get, you can't not get excited. They are well. Oh wait, that's that's the divisions. Yeah, they're. I think they're at least tied. For, they're fifth. Yeah. Yeah, fifth. Yeah. Tied okay. with New Jersey and Edmonton and the Rangers. Right. So, so I think talked about this a little bit before too on the last show. But you look around the league, and yeah, there's a lot of anomalies, like the Devils being seven and three. Maybe the Devils are good though, right? Uh, yeah, the Devils seven and three, top of the the Metro Division. Um. But then there's other cases like the Penguins where you could look at them and say they might actually be falling off. Like they mm-hmm. their time might have passed them by. So, like, yes, it's easy to brush some things off. It's it's definitely easy to brush off the Sabres because we know that they've started like this. Uh, it's easy to do that. But then for other teams, you can kind of see, uh, yeah, that seems about right. So that's the tricky part um, about the start of the season. But uh, the best we can do is look at the play on the ice and – I'm having a really hard time doubting this team. Yeah, even when they're down, you know that they're not out of it. Right. Uh, well, I don't want to gloss over the Detroit games. We can talk about that really quickly. Yeah. But it was it was a great game. Like from start to finish, this was a 60 minute great game. Like Tage Thompson was incredible. Like basically the whole team just had a fantastic game. I remember last week when we were talking about the Seattle game and you said everyone played bad. I thought everyone played. Everyone well played good. Game. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It was just great. Tage six point game, a hat trick. It was phenomenal. He really, I think he put himself on the map to the, the national crowd. Like, listen, my name is Tage Thompson and I have arrived. I don't want to call him a star yet, but, the man is getting there. He's an emerging star. He's a yeah. blooming star. What do they call that? I don't know. I I, I don't remember. I don't remember tenth uh, grade science class. I don't remember what uh <laughs> they call a star that is forming. Is it a nebula or is that one that's dying? That's, I, I don't. I it might be a you. nebula. He's a nebula. A nebula. Yeah. Uh, this is the Tage Thompson game. I think that's what we're Absolutely. gonna we're gonna call it. If we if we look back on it as the year goes on. If the Sabres, which I am about 60% positive they'll be in a uh, spot for the P word. Uh, Ooh, okay. I don't know. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I told you it's very hard to doubt these guys right now. Um, they're, they're never out of it. But this is this is the Tate Thompson game. Well, everyone's going to say... They start like this every year. They've and that's perfectly since, fair. It's ever absolutely. since eight, uh, what was it, eighteen nineteen? Yeah, yes. eighteen nineteen was when Darlene arrived, and ever since then they've started 
very well. October is the Sabres month. Like, I think if you put up October schedules against any team in the league, the Sabres are probably a top five team. But probably. you look at the roster, just look at the roster. There's no Vladimir Sabotka's on this team. There's no Patrick Berglund's. Ristolainen's. There's no Rasmus Ristolainen. And also keep in mind, for the last week or so, they've been missing several of their best defensemen. Matias Samuelson's out. Yoki Haru is out. And Labushkin has been out. He's he should I think he was back at practice today, but he should be back soon. But they're doing this with a lot of their core players missing, especially on defense. And they're not getting their heads caved in. Like goaltending for the most part has been afloat, average at it's worst. Been just what average. you need. Yeah. So and they're getting goal scoring. Victor Olipson is scoring gun. Yesterday was his fourth two goal game of the season. They, I think they have the most seven goal scorers in the NHL. That's what they that said on the correct. broadcast yesterday. So that's that awesome. Correct. Like, it just looks different this time. And I know yes. if, if you go look at our podcasts from this time, the last four or five years, I think every single time we would say oh, it looks different this time. But I think it's actually different this time. Yes. Because you look you know at what? last year and see how it turned around. Like, it, this doesn't feel like an anomaly. This feels like it's legit. Me, personally, I might have been a little scared in the past. Uh, maybe too much of uh, my fan. Oh, no. Screw that. I, I, I might have just been, you know, uh, not willing to admit there were flaws when right. they, like, I didn't want to say that necessarily. But, no, we can't. And that was in the past. That was on those shows before. But like you are we really gonna forget four years ago, whatever it was, during that streak when, you know, they were hot and you could see though, like the underlying stats were saying this is not sustainable. They right. they still have a they have a negative or a plus two goal differential. They're getting outplayed every game and and having to come from behind and like not even in a in a good way come from behind there they, they won tons of games and shootouts mm-hmm. this isn't that they haven't gone to a shootout once they're outplaying mm-hmm. every team they're actually playing to the whistle like gergensen's yesterday oh yeah uh, beating out the ice <laughs> that and, was beautiful like there are clear and obvious differences between this team and what we saw in all the other hot starts and like it's it's going to take a either a couple huge injuries, which I think there is a bit of shallow depth, which is uh, a little scary at the forward end. I feel like if, if one of like the type Olofsson or Tuck goes down, mm-hmm. then I think things can be derailed a little bit. Uh, but you have to be blind. If you, I'm sorry, but you have to be blind if you can't see the differences between this start and the years before, especially going back to the last season. They look just as they did last year when they ended hot. Right. Yeah. At the beginning of last season, it was very encouraging. I remember, I don't think anyone thought they were going to make the playoffs or anything, but, geez, they looked like a completely different team from the year before. And if I have egg on my face at the end of this year, then so be it. But, uh, quite frankly, the only only thing I can point to, there's a couple things I can point to for why people might doubt the start, and that is you could say that, the goaltending won't hold up just because Comrie is relatively unproven and Anderson, his age, 
Other than that, though, the only really thing I can think of, and maybe you need more guys to score, maybe you need more secondary scoring. But other than that, like the main thing I'm hearing is, well, they've had hot starts before. And I don't think that team now. Yeah, it's completely different. That that doesn't hold up to what this team is doing right now. And, you know, you can disagree with that. But listen, watch the games. You can see the difference. Like the only constant from the last four or five years is ownership. Mm-hmm. Every for the most part, everything has changed, and the only things that are still here are the young guys like Darlene, uh Middlestat, uh, Yoki Haru has been through the regime changes. The handful of guys that are still here that have been through the past, they're still very young, mm-hmm. and the leaders like Gergensons and Oposo, who I would say have a major thing to do with the turnaround. Uh, like you said yesterday, uh, Gergensen's hustling to beat out that icing call, and then yeah. they get the empty net goal right after he's heading to the bench because his helmet popped off. That was that got me fired up. Like, I think on the broadcast they said he was going like 22 miles an hour, the fastest any skater was yeah. the whole entire game. That w- that was just awesome to see. Uh, beautiful third period yesterday. It was yes, fantastic. Uh, First two periods, I thought they did not look good at all. I thought comparable to the Seattle game, they did not play very well in those first two periods. And, of course, Gensel scores like 30 seconds, not even 30 seconds into eight the third seconds. period. Yeah, eight eight seconds, seconds in. Yeah. So I'm like, oh. It, but I didn't think they were out of it. And they mm-hmm. that was clearly their wake-up call. They score a couple quick goals, Thompson and Olipson. And then the onslaught just continues. And Casey DeSmith, he has been their Achilles heel. He has, I think he's 3-0, maybe 4-0 against them since he came into the league. And they had yet to score a goal on him, but they had no trouble yesterday. Uh, You know, I think, like, further proof that they're extremely hard to play against is how many guys on the other team have broken their sticks like in the middle of games after we score. (laughs) Uh, Nadelkovic broke his stick their night in the (laughs) Calgary. Yeah, right. Might have been the Calgary. No, the Vancouver game, the second goal that kind of bounced around and, you know, uh, just beat, beat Demko somehow. Might have been Horvat or no, JT Miller, I think it was, just snapped his stick. This is the first period, like 10 minutes into the game, snapping (laughs) his stick. Uh, So I I think that's another sign uh, that I don't, their, their, their competitiveness is, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's taken more than a step forward. Zucker tried to break his stick too. That's right. The Penguins just look, they look frustrated. Oh yeah, well there's pressure. They, they should have beaten Boston the other night too, and they, in similar fashion, uh, did not get the job done. They choked. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they're the oldest team in the league. Um, versus the youngest team in the league. Yesterday, want to add? Yeah, and they don't forget. They just like locked up. Latang and Malkin. So they are very much married to this group. So, and they don't have a ton of, they haven't had a ton of draft picks, I should say. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Penguins uh, can turn this around here. Yeah, if they can. Right. I don't know. Maybe we're seeing a, another Chicago situation. 
Yeah, but as long as they have all these guys, they're not going to rebuild. Well, they're not going to blow it up, at least. Maybe they finish towards the bottom this year and they somehow land Connor Bedard and then all is well again. But we'll see how that goes. But yeah, great. Then you have another Lemieux and Crosby situation. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, great third period. Uh, Just gave me chills just watching these guys. Yeah yesterday uh and of course the the game on halloween monday that that was the best game i've ever been to as a sabers fan that was yeah you're lucky to have been there yeah and my first ever like in a sweet experience too it was great free food like oh man i'm curious i love that guy he's just on another he's better than he looks better than he was last year yeah definitely Paige thompson looks Every bit as good as Jack Eichel did when Jack Eichel was like at his best. Yeah. Honestly, like it looks like no one can stop him. Like he's playing with that like swagger that like good luck stopping me, you know? That's the Granado effect. I think Don Granado has this kid in his bag. I think I call him a kid. He's two only he's only two years older than me. All right. I think you too. Uh his birthday was the other day. Uh but Oh, wow. Wow. The six point game was a day after his birthday. How about that? Good for him. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I just think, and this goes for probably everybody else that's performing so well right now. Granado just has these guys feeling comfortable going out there and, and playing their game and not, not rushing things. Yeah. And I, I want to applaud Granado too. I think a lot of people were puzzled by like Quinn getting scratched. Krabs getting scratched, but he didn't make it like a big long-term thing. Mm -hmm. I'm glad. I think they all missed like a couple games, but they're back in and they're playing very well. I think all of the Krebs has been a lot better ever since coming out of the lineup. Quinn has been the difference maker on the first power play unit ever since he got promoted there. That power play is just a night and day difference. Yes. compared to a week or two ago. And I think Asplund has been fantastic too. But putting Krebs with Asplund and Gergensons, I think it's been a very effective line. And Asplund, whenever you stick him with a guy who struggles defensively, I'm looking at like a Victor Olipson and Casey Middlestat, and now Peyton Krebs. Krebs is playing like a like he's being shot out of a cannon lately. Like he's really he looks more defensively responsible. You're really seeing the speed that he has. I think a lot of us forget how fast Peyton Krebs is, but I think playing with Asplund really takes a load off of him. And another defensively responsible guy like Gergensen's too. As much as I like Vinny Hinnestrosa, and he's a very valuable asset to the team right now, he's got to be the 13th forward because like these guys are just playing too well. And Obviously, Paterka is – you can put his name in pen in the top six. He is – very deserving. Yeah, and it's good that these guys can take a few games off and come in and still play like they they haven't missed a beat. Yeah, and also, uh, Kale Clegg, who came up from Rochester, he's looked okay too, playing with power. Uh, don't really notice him a lot, but again, that for an AHL career AHL defender coming up to play with Owen Power, and you're not really noticing him a whole lot. That's pretty good for a defenseman at least. So. With, um, with the depth guys coming in into the lineup, it's not great, but 
they're staying afloat on defense at least. Yeah, uh, and by the way, my my tone on Jack Quinn has totally changed. I think he's been fantastic uh, these last few games since coming in. Yeah, he is, I think, with the underlying numbers from what I've been seeing people post on Twitter, he's been one of their better, like, analytical players, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. So that's great to see. Hopefully the, the goals and the point production start to come with it. Uh, but I have no gripes with Jack Quinn's play at all. He's been a lot better ever since uh, getting healthy scratched. Yeah, he's just really good. He had a uh, goal in was it goal Detroit? against the Red Wings, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who didn't score in that game? Who didn't have a point? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just – what a game. I can't – great experience. And also, look at the calendar next week. Jack Eichel comes to town, so I – I'm hoping to make it to the game. I got, if you want to come with me, by all means. Oh, well, so, oh, well, that, yes. Let's let's talk about it. All I right. yeah, you know what? Uh, Thursday, I don't believe I have anything going on that day. I would love to, my we'll friend. To look at the secondary market. I would love to. If we're there, we can tell our listeners where we're sitting, and they can come say hello to us. Absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, the Jack Eichel game. I won't, Do you think he's going to get booed to shreds again? Yes. I'm worried he's going to rip us to shreds because he looks like he is uh, Jack Eichel again. It's going to be a great atmosphere. No doubt about that. <laughs> well, we know that uh, the fans can get in this guy's head. So I'm looking forward to the sound. Be loud, be proud, pack the building. And that's I right. You get in Jack Eichel's head. We're winning this hockey game. So. Yeah, uh, there's going to certainly be some interesting uh, questions asked, I'm sure, before the game starts. Uh, one thing I want to know is if anyone will ask him, you know, what do you think of the Sabres' hot start? What do you think of uh, Tage Thompson's emergence? Uh, I, I hope these are questions that are asked. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm here just to play hockey. I don't really pay attention. That's easy to say, yeah. Say. Well, you know, I mean, it's for Paige, good, good for the guys. They're my good friends still, yada, yada, yeah. yada. I have a lot of friends over there. Good for Tage. You know, it's good to see him start uh, start with that. But we got a good thing going here. And we're here to play a game. That seems to be like hockey guy 101. I just really want to see him get salty after a loss. I'd, that'd be great. And they, the, Two of the teams ahead of them in the standings, Boston and Vegas, they're they're facing them next week. So this is going to be a very big measuring stick to see what these guys really are. I think if they okay, well, let's look at the the next like five games. Let's take a yes. look. Uh, one second while I pull that up. All right, so they have Tampa next. I think Tampa's right behind them in the Atlantic standings right now. So that's a huge one, Tampa. You cannot take them for granted. That's going to be a tough, tough game for the Sabres. But they have Carolina first, then Tampa. Carolina's on Friday, Tampa's on Saturday. So you got a back-to-back. Then you got a game you got to win, Arizona. And then you got Vegas and Boston. So those are the next five games. I think we did this exercise with the Western Road Trip, these five games. Yes. What do you walk out of this with? What kind of point total do they need out of these next five games to say, man, that was a very successful stretch of games. Um, 
I'd say if they get seven or eight points. Yeah, I'm going to say seven. Pro- yeah, seven points. Don't yeah. lose to Arizona, of course. But if you can get, if you can take three, take four out of five, you're, you're really showing that you mean business. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Get seven. Definitely beat Arizona. Um. I'd love to win them all. Right. Don't want to think about the team losing. But uh. Hey. I mean, they played well against Carolina last year to end the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a really nice marquee win for the group. Um. One of the last games of the year, I think, last year. Uh. And Tampa is always a challenge. I know they've had their struggles. Is that going to be a backup goalie game? Yeah, I was just going to say, is yeah. this going to be the Brian Elliott? Right. Work, you lose to Brian Elliott night. But they've, I think, eight out of ten games, they have faced backup goalies. So Yeah, and listen, listen, that's another thing, too. If you want to say, well, they face backup goalies, what would the argument be then if uh, if they lost those games to backup goalies? Right. Then what do you say? <laughs> Well, if they're if they're facing there's people who don't want to believe. If they're if they're facing some backup goalies, I'll take it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I think uh, we'll probably see Carl Vamelka against the Coyotes. Yeah, we were there last year. First we talked AB, about this yeah. before. Uh, he played really well. I think we won like two one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was, oh. it was it was a close one. Logan yeah. Thompson too. Maybe see Linus Allmark make his return. And then you know, look at the next the week after. I don't want to look too far ahead, but Vancouver for Ooh, their second meeting of the year. At, oh, got Ottawa again, and then Toronto, Buffalo's oh. in Toronto on Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. Just so. a a magnificent charcuterie board of Canadian teams, a charcuterie board of Canadian clubs. Oh, how about that? Um. Yeah, that's going to be a fun little stretch there. Uh, we'll have another episode in by then, though. If they get to Thanksgiving and they're still looking like the way they are now, I think that the optimism around the team will be... A lot, I think a lot of people are skeptical. And, yeah. and rightfully so, you know. that you People have PTSD from the Octobers of the last four or five years. But, man, we think it's different. And granted, we also thought it was different the last several years. So we'll we'll see what happens, but it's good to feel optimistic. It We're is cautiously optimistic. This is the best named podcast in the world. <laughs> I will put the name of this show up against any other podcast in the world. I thought you were gonna say I'm gonna put the name of this podcast on your gravestone. <laughs> no, why are you say. thinking about that? <laughs> I don't know. What do they call that? An epitaph? Is that what it is? I don't know. <laughs> a little thing. I mine is gonna say he was always optimistic. <laughs> Could you imagine if they make the playoffs this year? Like if the Bills win the Super Bowl, and oh god, their playoff drought. Come on, like this is just yeah. I I I tweeted this. I don't think Buffalo has the infrastructure to uh, handle two parades. <laughs> I don't even think the crossing, uh, the walking, you know, the pedestrian lights uh, work. They never right. work when I hit them. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm excited. I hope that they can keep it up. Um, We're joking. I don't, don't want to get my saying Stanley Cup. I don't want to get my hopes up too high, but it's encouraging. 
How it can is. you not be encouraged after a start like that? Right. But the thing is, okay, we look at it every year. How do you respond to adversity? Okay, I don't want to manifest this, but if Tage Thompson breaks his ankle against Vegas next week, mm-hmm. how do they respond? Are they going to say, oh, man, our best player is injured. What are we going to do? Darlene, if Darlene got hurt when he crashed in the boards the other day. Yeah, that was scary. He's out for a couple of weeks. And that, now you got to bring up like Oscar. Oscar Watson. Be yeah. a top pairing defenseman for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. What do we do? What do we do? Oh, we lost. And then the then you lose five in a row and then becomes eight in a row. And then all the progress that you made in the first month is down the toilet. So it's all about responding to adversity. If they lose a game, don't make it. If they lose a couple games in a row, don't make it a seven game losing streak like they have the last several years. I yeah, mean, I don't because they're not going to win 75 percent of their games the rest of the year. It's just not going to happen. But when you lose a game or two in a row, don't make it a 17 game losing streak like they did mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Yeah, that was horrible. That was pathetic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> almost I, I immediately after that, that though. What's that? Sorry. I can't believe that happened. No, I and like almost immediately after that is when you started to see signs of right. maybe a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got a little microcosm of how do you respond to adversity? Uh, they lost two in a row to Seattle and Montreal. Right. Then they were down three, one to Chicago. They could have folded there and said, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. But came back. Uh, so clearly there wasn't a whole lot of mental weight, uh, on them. So we saw a little, uh, glimpse of it. Yeah. So hopefully they keep it up. They can't, if the playoff playoffs are obviously the goal, but if they want to make it, you can't lose 10 in a row. Like they, they <laughs> do in November, December every year. So mm-hmm. just gotta, they just gotta keep going and hopefully there's no more crippling injuries. Like if they can stay afloat while Samuelson, Yoki Haru are still out when they come back, uh, I think they'll be in much better shape and the goaltending. I think I need to see like another month mm-hmm. out, of, out of this tandem to see if it's for real or not. But I I've liked what I've seen from Comrie and Anderson so far. Yeah. And on paper, Comrie didn't have the best night, but, the team also let up, uh, oh God, six odd man rushes. Yeah, that was just off the top of my head. That was rough in the second period. They were but again, nonstop two on ones. They're playing with almost an AHL uh, defense court right now. Right. If I mean, really, if you want to throw Bryson into that mix, they probably have two actual NHL defensemen like healthy right now. And that's Dalian and Power. Right. And power power was fantastic yesterday. Too. Yes. He's that, awesome. That pass to Olofsson for his first goal was just magnificent. Right. Love to see it. Yeah, power, he's been he's been great. Uh I really don't have any complaints about him. He's he looks awesome. And Dalene mm-hmm. too is <laughs> Yeah. And if see his hit with no stick. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> I love it. I I'm just getting so hyped up about this team right now uh mm-hmm. hopefully they keep it up uh they debuted the the reverse retro yesterday i think last week we were very optimistic about it but uh we both this very one, uh... much changed our tune i think uh 
The jersey yeah. itself, I don't I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was good. But the rest of the uniform, I thought the rest of the uniform would make the jersey look even better. Like, oh, it's gonna look better within the full uniform. Oh boy, was I wrong. Uh white gloves, white pants, and a blue helmet with a blue number on it. You couldn't even really see the number. Uh I it was nauseating looking at <laughs> that uniform yesterday yeah i have some thoughts uh the white pants white gloves thing around the league needs to die it needs to go away uh it's i don't know it's not doesn't doesn't do anything for me it's a fad Mm -hmm. uh the pants were blue i think that it would be a lot better yeah blue pants blue gloves and a white helmet would have looked a lot better. The it seems very uh, makeshift and thrown together. The gear part of it. Yeah. I mean, of course they they had to had to had they had to have had the gloves made and the pants made, but the helmet. I think they were like, mm, let's try this, and they didn't have white or whatever numbers uh, made. But then again, weren't wasn't the the number font the like the goat head font. I don't remember. I didn't get a good enough look at it. All I think I, it all might I have been. Was I could barely make out what numbers it is. Yeah, so I'm hoping they change to white helmets for the next time they wear it. I mean, and maybe blue pants because it's not unprecedented. You know, uh, hopefully they change it up. The Blue Jackets occasionally bust out blue pants with okay. their uniforms. Um, so you know, there's been there's been little changes like that. I think the consensus is uh, it would look much better with blue pants. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but I I don't think the jersey's that bad. I think uh, they could use a little more gray on it to be more true to the original. Yeah. But it is what it is. I think a lot of people forget that this is supposed to be like a different kind of thing. It's reverse retro, so it's not supposed to be exactly the same yeah this but, is where they get adventurous yeah uh i thought the robo penguin looked fantastic yesterday yeah it did it, looked, it, it. it could look like the bruins at times but i think it yeah. I, I think it was good to see the robo penguin back i did think that man this looks just like the bruins jerseys but yeah yeah but it, nice I like colors it. yeah uh man so they the penguins have really explored that entire era now like in the last two years, they've yeah. worn the white version of what was the away jersey, the diagonal script. Mm-hmm. Now they wore a black version of what was the home jersey with that uniform. And their current alternate is the actual black diagonal script jersey. So they really they've 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 done it all. Yeah, they've seriously done it all. The only thing that's left, I think, is uh, the actual black Robo Penguin. Mm-hmm. See if we'll. Um, see that hopefully we get one that more was round. with the with like the gray like gradient yes. pattern in the middle right no that's the uh darius casparitis uh jersey no i liked how jason zucker did the yaramir yager salute yeah yesterday though i was I, trying i forgot to... that yager did that i was yes. like why, why is he doing that and then i was like oh yeah that, that's yager's thing for for a second i thought it was a solani thing but then <laughs> i was like oh that's right the commentator said yager and I'm like oh okay yep that makes sense uh, I just hope they don't get cre don't get creative with the the actual 
goat head ultra don't right don't don't, don't touch anything keep it intact maybe i can live if they got rid of you know they might do some stupid i don't they're gonna try and put their little spin on it like get rid of gray outline on the numbers and maybe i can live with that that's just me speculating i didn't red outline maybe because they're they're doing maybe. the red outline on the i think they'll do brush. just a red outline probably but wasn't there also red gray then white wasn't it red and gray trim i think so i, I think you're right there i don't want them just keep it simple stupid right yes. people want coyotes didn't change anything okay they changed the numbers up didn't they the coyotes i think i, I don't, oh, did I don't they a little bit i think they changed the numbers a year maybe the yeah maybe the font or something um but um but listen just don't don't fool with anything i can't wait to see them i mean the first game with them is in three weeks against the blues I'm going. I'm hyped. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm planning on it. I had already requested off for work. I got to get the tickets. That's all. Better do it quick. I as soon as you can sell out. As soon as '90s night got announced, I bought the tickets immediately. Really? Well, the thing is, I I tweeted yesterday. What's it gonna take to get this arena sold out? And a lot of people were saying the ticket prices. Mm-hmm. The ticket prices are outrageous. Mm-hmm. And like. Yeah, I get it. It's the beginning of the season, but is this like a Ticketmaster thing where it's just like price gouged? Because at this point last year, like, you can get tickets for like 20, 30 bucks. I think it's costing like $50 just to get in the building at this point. Yeah, Ticketmaster has some, and really it was like since the pandemic started, I think, to to control scalping. Yeah. Uh, At least with other events. Like well, the, the Bills concerts. games, the Bills games, you you gotta drop like three hundred bucks just to sit in the nosebleeds. I'm not mm-hmm. doing that. I wanted to go to a Bills game this year. I'm, I'm not. I can't justify no shot spending three hundred dollars to go watch the Bills. Mm-hmm. Like, especially no. starting to get colder. I don't want to go sit in the freezing weather and the snow. I am content going to a parade. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. Right now, I'm looking at '90s night. Uh, if you were to get so section 323 row 11 the nosebleeds uh, two tickets would come to $84.10 okay before the fees which I would pay no that's with fees actually with fees okay. 15 bucks of fees face value is 66 bucks okay I feel like um, I spent like 80 to get in the 100s so you know what? I might be able to get some through work, I hope. And be real up close and personal. That'll be Do fun. It. I'll see you when it gets closer. Yeah. Uh I want to talk about the atmosphere in the arena on uh on Wednesday. I don't know how it was in the Canadians game, but when it was that to like six, seven, eight goals, that the the crowd was really, really getting into it. Mm-hmm. Uh like, you, you know, the usual, like, oh, one, two, three, like counting up. We want, we want 10, we mm-hmm. want nine. So that was really cool. Leaving the arena, though, that's when the nostalgia hit. Lots of like wooing and cheering, like as they were leaving. And something I haven't heard since I was a little kid going to games the honking of the Let's Go Buffalo. 
You never. I haven't heard that in years. Never. And it was like frequent too, like lots of cars. Like you're mm-hmm. sitting in traffic in the parking garage. Let's go Buffalo to the to the honking of the horns. That's when you know it's turning around. So that that was awesome to see. And I'm sure with the Eichel game coming, I'm sure that's going to hopefully be close to a sellout. Uh, in Miller night too in January. Hopefully by then, that's when this will be back to a nice, like electric, full atmosphere like it was a decade ago. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, that's what I really crave to be a part of is yeah. uh, is that atmosphere. Even like the atmosphere was never electric for a while here, but at least people filled up the building. I think yeah. up until the pandemic came, I think it was, I, I would always try and make a point to go to the home opener for the last several years. And it was always pretty packed, mm-hmm. but this year, lots of empty seats last year, even more so lots and lots of empty seats. So I think the fans are fed up and they just want to see winning hockey. So as soon as they can see like, okay, this thing is really turning around. And as soon as they can get like the casual, the casual fan, I think that's when it's really gonna, because they don't have the casual fan. Right they now. The, ca- totally the casual don't. fan is solely focused on the Buffalo bills right now. So yeah, I have a friend from uh, way back in the day when we were kids, you know, he played hockey and everything and we went to Sabres together and stuff. And we just recently reconnected and went out to dinner and stuff. And he said he doesn't even watch hockey anymore. So they've, they've scared away a lot of people. Uh, They've lost a lot of ground to the bills. And Mm -hmm. I, I think, I feel like in, at its core, I feel like Buffalo is a hockey town. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, I mean, you know, they, they do have to, they do have to earn the fans good graces again. I think it's a lot to say, you know, I would like to say, come on, let's get up. Let's go rah, rah. Let's go fill that arena and support these guys. But I mean, fans need a reason, you know, with families and stuff, no one's going to drop 240 bucks for three tickets to bring the kids along and see a possibly a losing game when it's been 10 years of that. So yeah. they got to keep winning that. Keep it up. Earn the trust back. And that's something that that's right. Said for the last couple of years now. So uh, anything else before we get into the, the, the closing portions the guy of the week, guy of the week. Guy of the week. Uh, hey, before we do guy of the week, though, I want to make I want to say something quick about the bills. Um, you know, for years, like I wanted to be good so bad. And, you know, it was fun being you know, like it was like when they got good and made the playoffs a couple times, 2017, 2019, when they were still coming up 2019 more. So it was more exciting. It's like, Oh my God, this quarterback and stuff. You weren't expecting to win. It was fun. But now that we're actually really good and we're a juggernaut and everything, it's almost like not enjoyable because all I care about is if they win the Super Bowl or not. Right. Like that's like, it's like the, yeah, the bloom is off the rose of them being great. All yeah, I everyone want is a champion. Yeah, it's like so. It's kind of that 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 has worn off, and um, 
now with the Sabres, I have the the Bills drought feeling where it's like, my God, playoffs, that's not a thing that's for Buffalo. We're here for the other teams to beat up on. But now I yeah. think about this. Man, you know, being good isn't that great if you aren't winning the championship. True. <laughs> so that's all Everyone I care about. Everyone knows that the Bills are great. It, yeah. Everyone knows they're going to make the playoffs. It's all about uh, what they do when they get there. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right. Guy of the week. It's my turn. Our third guy of the week of the season. I am going with Kevin Porter. Kevin Porter. <laughs> former Sabre. Yeah. Again, it doesn't have to be a former Sabre every week. Uh, but Kevin Porter is a guy. Uh, and he scored 14 goals for Colorado in 2011. Huh. Yeah. Uh, so that was his career high, though. He played two years in Buffalo from 2012 to 2014. So he was here right when things were getting bad. And he came back, too. Yes, he was just so, recently yeah. with the Amherst. So Kevin Porter is a guy. Uh, do you have any memories of Kevin Porter? Honestly, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was always a dude who, you know, I'd be playing NHL franchise, and it's like, uh, I got to play with this guy. I'd immediately try and trade him. <laughs> Boring player. Yeah, yeah. But. I think he, he was Amrick's captain too. So, you know, good for him. He had a nice career. 200, 249 career games, uh, 58. Oh, wow. He was a grit and jam guy. Yeah. Right. He's was almost he, like he a. On, I'm assuming he was on the tank teams, right? Yeah, 13 14. He was here in 2012 13. Probably played with Zenon Kanapka at one point. Oh, God. Yeah, you know, uh, one of those uh, Derek Grant type players, minus the faceoff ability, yeah. right? This just a guy, Derek. Derek Grant, I guess, is an honorable mention, even though he's still in the league. He could be a guy. He's really in carved 10 years, out a role, huh? In ten years, he'll be a uh, guy. He he had that great preseason, made the team. And then they lost him on waivers, and Tim Murray was throwing a fit because Nashville had like a bunch of injuries, and they claimed him when they didn't want to lose him. Then they claimed him back again, I think. Yeah, he's been around uh, six years with Anaheim. Yeah, he has carved out a nice little role there. Uh-huh. My God. Derek Grant has played 391 games over 10 years. Wow. Good on him. You know, that has to be the most under the radar career. This is like, uh, guy's going to play 500, 500 NHL games. Yeah. Remember, (laughs) uh, oh man. Oh, wait. Okay. I got to take note of this for my next guy of the week. I'm going to make a bookmark of this. I want to start naming all these names, but he reminds me of a former player who was in the league just a few years ago. That was under the radar forever. Uh, oh, boy. I love this segment. The fans like it, too. The listeners. Do they? I think so. Yeah, I think uh, the Mike, he he. Oh, yes. commented on our Twitter, enjoys it. He said that the listeners should be able to yeah. give their guys of the week, too. So if Everybody... anyone has a suggestion for guy of the week, we can just shoot the breeze with about. That will uh, be beautiful. Um, Yes, it be, feel free. Oh God! Yes, yeah, send in the your myths. your men of the week, your guys of the week. 
All right. Do you have anything else you want to say before we sign off for the afternoon? Uh, no, sir. All right. Yeah. So big weekend, Friday and Saturday, Sabres, and then you got the Bills on Sunday. So lots of sports. Yeah. Love to see it. Should be uh, an easy game against the Jets. Yeah. And hopefully. Think, hopefully uh, Trey White is out again. I don't want him on that MetLife turf. Yeah. So. Go Sabres. Go Bills. Uh, follow us on Twitter at CO underscore TCB underscore pod and get all the links as soon as the podcast is out. Apple, the Apple podcast uh, takes a little while to upload, but it does that too. Uh, yeah. Spotify and SoundCloud right away if you don't want to wait. Uh, and if you're so kind, subscribe. So you, if you're not on Twitter, you can just get the notification right as it's posted. So make sure you're subscribed. Leave a review if you want. Uh, and we're also on Twitter, Joe TCB NHL. No, I'm not Joe TCB NHL anymore. Joe Marino TCB. Sorry. And then LVKE TCB. So we'll be back around next Wednesday, Thursday around then. And then uh, we'll recap this weekend's games and look forward to Vegas and Boston. So we'll see you then.